G'day listeners and welcome to another episode of The Keeper League, the AFL Fantasy Podcast that talks about your lesser knowns and uh, blokes that are going to be more relevant in your Keeper League. Uh, as per usual, I'm joined by Kays. How you going, mate? Good, mate. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad. Did you have a good weekend? Uh, very, very good. Had a good win in our local footy and uh, had a hit of golf on Sunday. So, And how'd you go on golf? and golf. Uh, what do I have? 33 points. That's right. Well inside. Uh, a couple other of our friends with handicap now. So suck on that, all you haters who thought <laughs> I was going to be shit for the rest of my life. Especially right. you, Boof. I hope they listen to this podcast. I don't know if they do, though. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's move on to this week's uh, breaking news. So I guess uh, not a lot of injury news from the weekend. We got through uh, fairly unscathed. But mm. uh, fantasy-wise, I guess, a bit of relevant start. Tom Libertore case. Uh, hurt the knee. He hasn't done the ACL again. So it doesn't look like he'll be out for as long. That's good news. But uh, yeah, he could have uh, could have a bit of an impact on some other players in the Bulldog side. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking Lipinski could actually see a bit more midfield time. Hopefully, well, he's. I think he attended oh, only a handful of ten, uh, center bounces on uh, on the weekend. But uh, you know, he showed he can actually do what you know other midfielders doing there and actually score mm-hmm. well from there. So I think Lipinski could be someone that benefits from this. I think the huge benefactors are going to be McRae and Dunkley, though. If we look at their scores on the weekend. Mm-hmm. Seeing Libba go down in the second quarter, they were boosted immensely. Well, I don't know how much bigger Dunkley can go. So yeah, true. It's, um, and McRae was tagging a bit in that game. So, yeah, that's you know, weird. If they've got a... It, Basically, they have to let him off the leash now because he, he has had those qu- that quiet month and yeah. he bounced quite uh, well back on the weekend. So, it'd be nice for McRae owners like myself that he finally gets back to his uh, big scoring numbers. Um, potentially, you know, if you look a bit further down their uh, list, it could be a chance for Riley West to yeah, okay. debut too. Yep. Uh, I think he's been playing pretty well in the twos. And similar type player as well. Yeah, that nuggety kind of inside mid. But, Such a nugget. Um, he is. So, <laughs> but obviously got some good pedigree with his old man. Um, um, but we'll be interesting to see. But uh, we were pretty hot on Lipinski as soon as he came into the side. And I, we, from my point of view, I reckon he's just going to keep kicking goals. Got him on a sneaky wave wire pickup in my redraft league. This Lovely. So, Lovely. Yeah, people don't pay attention to Byron. It's nice. It's perfect. I'm surprised he lasted this long. Uh, for GWS, Matthew DeBoer. Now, I mm. guess a bit of a tag. It doesn't have that much fantasy relevance. But yep. does this pave the way? For Jackson Haley. It has to, doesn't it? Surely. <laughs> well, hopefully, you know, obviously, uh, it's good to see that GWS actually read their Twitter and reply to fans. I think someone reached out and said, why the hell aren't you playing Jackson Haley? Yeah. Their response is, we don't pick our team based on super coach points, which is not very good as a fantasy nuts like us. But What about AFL fantasy points, GWS? Surely, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> surely it's Haley's turn. Um I don't know who else would be the, the likely one to come in. Um, they do have a buy this week, so we'll have to wait a couple of weeks to exactly see what goes on. But yeah. you think that you know he deserves his chance. He's just been ripping up the knee for like it's um, yeah, no one's business. Yeah, I think he had another big week as well. Uh, we'll talk about that in the uh, from the two segment later on. All right, let's get stuck into the round rewind. Okay, into the round rewind, the segment where we recap all the weekend's games, look at all the Keeper League uh, relevant players that uh, either start or stunk it up. So mm. we'll start off with the uh, Adelaide Crows versus Richmond game. So Riley O'Brien case, he's um, too good for this podcast, I think. Uh, well, 
probably don't want to say that because I played golf with uh, the Rain Man who featured in our pod probably about a month ago, yep. and he is a Riley O'Brien owner. And basically, for eighteen holes, he just talked about how Riley O'Brien is better than Brody Grundy. Yeah, all this other crows trash that's coming out here in SA, where you know they don't need Grundy all of a sudden because they've got you know <laughs> they've got. <laughs> you know, Dean Cox reincarnate and Riley O'Brien. So that sounds like the most painful <laughs> round of golf you could possibly play. Uh, yes. Look, yeah, lucky <laughs> I was scoring well and probably not hitting it too close to him a lot of the time. So I didn't have to cop a, a whole earful. But uh, look, yeah, he's just, uh, it's it's just that all around the ground, you know, movement that he gets. And, yep. you know, there's the touches. Um, obviously, beat up on a, you know, pretty inexperienced Richmond side. So you probably don't want to get too excited but um, you know in terms of fantasy wise he's just a great he's a great ruckman well I just can't see Sauce coming back into the side either now so he's he's a number one ruck for the time being we'll yep. see what happens in terms of trades and free agents at the end of the season but you know number one ruckman yes he beat up on lesser quality opponents but he's still scoring well against good opponents as well yep. so and he's so inexperienced what 13 games I think it is mm-hmm. so yeah we'll keep our eye on that one but uh, I reckon he is the real deal and almost getting too good Ooh, tick him off Rory Atkins is the next one uh, up here. So, 127 points, 29 touches, 25 kicks, and 11 marks. Uh, he played a genuine ring, uh, winger role. So, he's been doing this a lot more the last few weeks. Sometimes had to pinch it up forward or play a bit of a smaller forward role, but he's just playing that genuine ring ro- wing role at the moment. He's had three tons this year, three more um, scores in the 90s. For your last midfield spot or just any bench cover, definitely get on board. He's only 6% owned, so I think most people have jumped on already. But, uh, yeah, don't be afraid to chuck him on the field because he's capable of this. 100%. Uh, he was one I was kind of looking at trading in at the start of the year. You know, it was a bit of a last um, <coughs> keeper spot kind yeah. of uh, move. And, you know, there was probably a bit of upside, but, you know, in terms of his, you know, bulk, you know, his big numbers, 127 like that was missing, you know, last season. So, yeah. that was probably the only uh, worry I had there. But it's great to see that he's kind of now got three tons in this year and three 90s as well. So, he's basically moving into that next echelon of, of scorers. Yeah, so not quite the elites, but uh, up there yeah. the But just, scorers. you know, one of those ones that, you know, people actually underrate in your side. They yeah, look yeah. at him and go, oh, they've only got Atkins playing and, you know, you think about 70s. But, yeah, you know, exactly. when they're busting out 90s, that's what you want. So, a little bit of a sleeper probably. Yeah, and your midfield's your deepest position as well. You've got to usually play mm-hmm. Seven players there at least. So, uh, yeah, you know, you're going to need a few of these blokes that can uh, average 80-ish but pop up with some bigger scores here and there. Yep. All right. Uh, the next one is Hugh Greenwood. Uh, 91 this week, 20 disposals in a, and a goal. I'm just thinking he's already playing a fair bit forward, but he might mm. spend even more time forward up uh, with Jenkins out. So, yep. it depends how they go, if they bring uh, Himmelberg back in or if they go with Fogarty or something like that. But I reckon they'll probably rely on him because he does play that, can play that kind of taller role as well. Yeah. And uh, he does pop up up, take a grab, kick a goal. So I'm, I won't be surprised if I see him stuck up forward. What do you think, guys? Yeah, I'd be shocked if um, Himmelberg didn't come in because they're going to need someone yeah, yeah. To, to second ruck and I don't think um, Fogarty is that guy, you know, yeah. and I highly, highly doubt they're bringing in Jacob. So, yeah, it's going to be mean that Hugh Greenwood's going to have to play that, um, you know, floating forward role uh, to chop out up there. And He does it pretty him, well. Oh, yeah, and he's still going to score because, you know, we know about him, you know, he's probably good for eight to ten tackles a, a week. Um, you know, so that's great scores there, and you know another goal and twenty touches around that. You know, he's just he's just super reliable. And if a move to the forward line did happen, even if it's only for you know a bit of the game, it's not really going to affect his scores too much. I don't think. All right, on to Paul Seedsman, uh, twenty six disposals and a goal for eighty nine fantasy points. Mm. Now that's his highest fantasy score of the year. So yeah. I don't know where where that makes him uh, sit with me. I reckon he's still a bit too flaky for my liking. Yeah, but he's uh, been very disappointing as yeah. a as a bit of a fan of the seed. I, I was expecting bigger numbers this season um you know even when you when you watch crows games he actually seems to be in the play a lot but he just doesn't actually score that well so um yeah probably not his great year and i wouldn't be jumping on at the moment he's a funny one because he's listed when he's listed as a defender and plays a genuine halfback 
goal. Mm. He scores pretty well. Moves into the midfield. Sucks. Oh, so, and he's not getting a spot in the yeah. Crows' back line at all. Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know. He's just dropped off the face of the earth. Uh, Alex Keith, uh, 81 points, nine indisposed, eight marks. Uh, he had a slump after he, uh, he hit his like, purple patch during the season, but he's returning to form now. He had nine intercept uh, possessions. Uh, there was lots of turnovers in this game. So, I'm just still uncertain how the back line functions with Dode, uh, Dude, sorry, mm. uh, returning uh, next year. And, uh, yeah, whether... He is in their best 22. Someone like Hardigan, you'd think, would be one to drop out, but I think they really rely on him to play that lockdown role mm. um, as opposed to the intercept that Keith plays. And so can they fit Keith and Dude in the same side case? Well, it'll be interesting. The, the question is, you know, if this whole Brody Grundy trade goes down, I think uh, Jake Kelly is one of the players touted to, you know, go back home to Victoria. So, oh, like, you know, like. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> do, no, no, not exactly like that. But, um, you know, that means, that means Dude kind of slots back in into that position. Yeah, perhaps. But then you do have a lot of, um, you know, um, intercepting defenders and not enough lockdown, which does kind of create a few issues as well. So, yeah, of course. Um, I think, you know, he's just been so good. You know, like he'd be up there with the Crows BNF this year. Yeah, so, you sure. know, he's not going to get lodged out of a spot easy. And um, obviously those... Those intercept possessions are great for scoring as well. So, um, I th- I'd be pretty confident next year holding on to him. All right, cool. Uh, on to the ties. Jack Graham, 23 disposals, played well in the midfield. Had 15 handballs, though, and only eight kicks. So, that's not really the ratio we like. He had 11 tackles, though, so that boosts his numbers. Scores a lot better with uh, Cochin out of the side. I think they've only played together once or twice uh, from memory. I could be completely wrong on that. I might be thinking of someone else. But I don't think they've played a lot together since uh, when Cochin was out. Um, he was back in and vice versa. So, yeah. Um, I think if Cochin remains out, Jack Graham's are definitely a good candidate. But, uh, yeah, that just the Richmond side in general is not a great fantasy scoring side at the moment. So, it's hard to trust any of them, really. Yeah, I do like this kid, though. I, you know, he's suffered injuries this year, which has kind of play, let him uh, play a lot of VFL. If he gets a clean run at it for the rest of the season, I'll be very interested to see what he kind of turns into. Yes, we do know Richmond don't score, you know, well as a team. But I think he's got some serious potential in terms of, you know, what he can do and how he covers the ground and tackles and does all those, those things that fantasy coaches love. Yeah, the tackling numbers are especially really nice. Uh, Nick Vlostone, 94 points, 24 disposals, 6 marks. He had 9 intercept um, possessions. Mm-hmm. We uh, talked about this earlier, so both clubs were turning it over a fair bit. Uh, he's probably one to monitor, though. So, tall's and third tall types versus the Crows. Haynes last week, was, you know, playing that third tall kind of role, had a, had a good score. So, just keep an eye on that if there's something there. Probably a bit too uh, little of a sample size to, um, to tell right now. But uh, there could be something there because some third tools and, you know, those other quasi-tools are going all right against uh, mm-hmm. the Crows at the moment. But he's had a great year. He's averaging seventy-seven Vlaston, which you probably wouldn't have expected yeah, at the start of the year. That. So, you know, he's a he's a you know a lock for most people's D four D five. Yeah, uh, Sydney Stack. He had uh, eighty-nine points, twenty-four disposals. Celebrated uh, Eddie Betts' goal a bit too hard, I think. No, but, uh, <laughs> I would have fucking high five that shit. That was gold. No, I would drop uh, Sydney Stack for that. But anyway, um, I'm just Kill interested joy. to see. How By he the way, goes. if you don't know half that well, he just doesn't. You know, he doesn't enjoy fun. So you know. Oh, I enjoy fun. I just wish fun would happen. Uh, we'll be talking about Eddie Betts' goals. I wish that happened when the game was in the balance and not just when the game's over and done and dusted. Just accept brilliance when it <laughs> stares you in the face. Have. Do it when it matters, Eddie. Anyway, um, I'm interested to see how Sydney stat goes uh, with Jaden Short coming back into mm. the side. So that's a real interesting one because we've got Hooley playing now as well. Um, this could be a bit of a killer for him, but it could, I don't know, it could not be as well. We'd have to wait and see, but just be wary, I think, yeah. coming forward. It'd be interesting, but end of the day, Richmond still have a lot of guys out with injury, so there's going to be yeah. you know, positions up for grabs it just probably depends on what his role is and you know if you can keep getting that um you know decent ball in the back line yeah of course uh jack higgins case now this is, i'm I gonna make a big i'm call. reading this i'm off him 
I'm completely off. So this week he got all the midfield opportunity he wanted mm. and still could only muster up a piss week score. What was the score? I can't actually remember. I'm pretty sure it was low. It was like 40 something. All right. This is probably, for me, I looked at that and I said, mate, I was thinking, mate, what are you doing? I just think this is a genuine case of second year blues. You reckon? Yeah, because look, you you're a big one about the pedigree, blah 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 blah. He's averaging 60, 67 this season. He's had basically a pretty pretty lean year. He had sixty one this week. Yeah. So. so I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt uh, as a guy suffering second year blues. We're seeing it from him. We're seeing it from Brayshaw. We're seeing it from Chera. It's it's actually uh, almost an epidemic in the the second year players this season. I don't know. I feel like he's just had so many opportunity, and the difference between those guys, they weren't touted as the best fantasy scorer of all time. So well, it'll be interesting to see. <laughs> I'm gonna st- I'm gonna be Team Jack. You can be not Team Jack. Nah, I'm off him. I Ooh. reckon he'll never get there. And on that bombshell, we move on to the Essendon Hawthorne game. Big so win for your boys. It was it was uh, a very nice win. We probably led him back into the game when it, we didn't need to at the end, but uh, we held on, which was nice. And I just want to make note, Michael Hurley and Cal Hooker once again tunned up Hef. So, yep. you know, you're the guy who thinks key defenders are horrible, they but are. they just want to prove you wrong. And they're averaging 85 and 82 this season. So, I, know, I, just, don't, I just want to know where's the respect from you. These guys are fine, but these guys are the best key. Well, Hurley especially is the best key defender True. in terms of fantasy scoring. And he's, what's he averaging this season? I don't even know. 80 something. All right. Well, if you take them into consideration, you're talking about Nick Vloston to uh, Alex Keith. Are we seeing with the new rule changes a bit of a move into the, the taller guys, you know, Maybe taking more marks, getting more kicks because of the you know the gameplay. Yeah, potentially because there could be that quick kick out of the midfield uh, yeah. with less you know people floating down there as well. But also, I think as well, just the state of the game, there's less hit up targets and more bombs into bombs the in. four line yeah. as well. So it's kind of benefiting these uh, benefiting these taller um, taller defenders. But I don't know. I'm still if I'm like yes, if you if he's in your pool, you obviously take him. But say you see a a 21 year old key defender, someone like Weedering or mm. um, you know one of those Carlton keys. Uh, the, the other one that's names escape me right March now. Bank. March Bank. Um, you know, blokes like that. Or you can go with an 18-year-old, untried, but some guy who potentially could get a lot of outside ball, a lot of things. Yeah. I'm going to go with the younger guy that's untried every day of the week just because mm. I've got no respect for key defenders. <laughs> I do see that, but I still think they've got plenty of value, which is why I'm kind of keen on yeah, them for those. If they're available in your draft pool, like, you know, like I just said, like, you know, we take 16 new players each year. You've got to take yep. them because they're going to give you the 80, high 70s that you need in your, fen- in your, in your back line but yeah. I'm just saying yeah you, if it's late in the draft and you're going to take a punt on either one I'm going to go the running obviously it depends time. on where your team's at too and what you're yeah, going yeah, for yeah. as well of course uh, Darcy Parrish he had 88 on the weekend and he's now actually averaging 91 in his last five he does keep he has really kept building his scores and he did get a lot of good press about you know he's turned the corner blah 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 yep. I'm still not on board that completely because <laughs> yeah, you hate this you, guy uh, no I don't necessarily <laughs> hate him but if you watch him a lot he floats in and out of games so like he I think he was on bugger all at half time and then all of a sudden had one big third quarter and then you know uh relatively scored all right in the last. Yeah. He just he just lacks consistency across a whole game, which is frustrating as a Essendon supporter, but also as a, you know, if you were an owner of Parrish. So, I want to see that he can actually play, you know, full games out and, um, you know, make a consistent contribution between, you know, for four quarters. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm quite a fan of uh, Parrish's. What's he averaging this season uh, in fantasy points, K? It'd be high about 70s, 80s. Yeah, yeah, about 80s. So, I don't know, um, 82. So, mm. that's nothing he sneezed at as a forward. So, I'm more than happy with that. Uh, no, I've got a lot of time for uh, Darcy Parrish. I know you're probably a bit critical. You watch him a bit cl- more closely than I do. Yeah, I just but, want a bit more Darcy. Yeah, fair enough. When I'm looking at fantasy points, though, he's doing probably what I 
Better than what I expected this season anyway. Slightly. No, not no, by much. I would have thought what he's doing this year he should have been doing last year, but you know, yeah. that's difference of opinion. Uh, Jaden Laverde, he was pretty solid for 70 on the weekend, uh, and I think he's there in their best 22, but geez, he needs to improve his goal kicking. He's uh, missed a few easy shots the last you know three or four weeks, kicked uh, zero goals three on the weekend. What I do like, though, is he takes a great grab and does get a good spread of the ball around the ground and, and up forward. They do like to use him because he does have a, a magnificent set of hands so um especially while Essen have a few issues with you know joe danaher and and, and the like he's definitely going to be one who will keep evolving throughout the year especially with stringer uh, potentially out as well so just monitor him i'm, I'm not exactly 100 sure of his fantasy chops but um if he can kind of string it together and, and become a you know a reliable half forward flanker he could be a, a relatively uh, regular and trustworthy scorer yeah i don't mind him i'm just uh you're gonna wait and see how he uh, turns up um did have good fantasy pedigree as a junior took a while to crack into side. Mm. Seems to be getting a regular crack at it these days, so yep. hopefully that can build into something decent. Uh, Dylan Clark, so he obviously couldn't back up his 100 from the week before, but Remind, uh, never mind that he did a fantastic job uh, tagging Jaeger so he scored 67 um, and obviously he's going to keep his spot because he was the rising star nominee on the weekend and what he does for the team is very 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 valuable uh, I think he really has some genuine fantasy ability he just needs a bit of time to mature and you know actually not be a tagger as well so if you are holding him uh, I'd be more than happy to hold him into next season and see what he can deliver because uh, he definitely has a role on the side at the moment and hopefully you know, with a bit more responsibility and a bit more, you know, another preseason on the belt, he can, you know, take the next step and actually become a, a genuine pig. Yeah, the word tagger scares me, but uh, but not ta- taggers aren't taggers for their whole career. Yeah, I know that's what yeah. I'm, that's what yeah. Bale's about to lead on to. There's a chance that he's just getting his midfield chops up, learning from the uh, the best in the biz that he's playing. They're playing him on, so he can, uh, yeah, take his own game to that next level. Uh, on to Hawthorne. We're officially not talking about Wolpedo anymore. Oh, I haven't been talking just, about it for weeks. No, but he was just so good on the yeah, weekend. So, he was best on ground. Oh, 100%. He just needs to kick the ball a bit more. But uh, apart from that, uh, all good. But uh, Blake Hardwick, he has improved along with his haircut. So ever since he got rid of that dirty mullet thing, he's really taken his game to the next level. Uh, he, he actually scored his first ton on the weekend that, with that 109. So he looked really good back there, 22 touches and 10 marks. He's just a bit of a hard one to get a hold of in terms of, you know, his consistency. So he's had six scores of 80 plus this season, but uh, three of 50 and below. So he's just either hot and cold and yeah. it does depend a bit on his role on the night. But uh, if you actually... If, if he can get that spot and Hawthorne play that game style where, you know, he's a genuine running halfback flanker or interceptor, he could be become pretty valuable in the next year or two, I think. Yeah, I reckon give him a little bit more time. I'm willing to watch and see what he can do because he's showing some good signs this season. Uh, I'm interested in your thoughts on this guy, Hef. Tom Scully probably played his best game for the Hawks on Friday night. He's only averaging 72 and a half this season. But I'm thinking if he can get his actually body right, you know, he was basically written off, you know, sold for scrap, yeah. was never going to play again. Hawthorne have got him up and running, which is fantastic. Fantastic. He did average 96 in 2016 and, you know, I think it was mid-80s in 2017. Yeah. Can he ever get back to those scores? Yeah, I think he can, as long as the body stays right. Like mm. you said, he's never going to be 100-plus average, I don't think. No, no. He's going to be that solid 90 to 95 if he can keep his body uh, in check. 
So fingers crossed he can do that because I just think, and he's probably one that will might even slide into you know a lot of draft pools next year because yeah, of yeah. that, and he might actually become a, a nice little you know mid to late pickup in a draft because you know people written him off and you look at that you know mid seventies average, but yeah. you know you got another preseason under his belt next season and he could be uh, flying up the board there with his scores as long as he stays fit, he's going to be handy. Yep, uh, Dylan Moore. So he only scored fifty six, but he did catch my eye. I thought he was quite handy in, in patches. He's uh, only played five games in his career, but he looks like he's got a bit of scoring and fantasy talent. So he only played the 64% time on ground on Friday and he's never actually played more than 75% yep. time on ground uh, so far this year. So I'm thinking he might be one to blossom next year and one I'm quite eager to track for the rest of 2019 and just see what he does. Yeah, right. I do not know a lot about this kid. So uh, skinny little, yeah. skinny little dude, but um, just looked, just did a few good things that caught my eye. So he's yeah. kind of one to uh, yeah stash away and see what happens for the rest of the year. I'm having a real issue with Friday night football and staying awake for it at the moment. <laughs> uh, by the end of the week, uh, dealing you know with a with a child and work, I'm just yeah, I just can never make it past half time. But I'm working on it. Mate, I made it to Saturday night. So. Life's tough past thirty. <laughs> That's it. All right, uh, let's look at the Gold Coast Suns versus St Kilda game case. Yeah, so Anthony Miles he. Up 129 on the weekend, and look, there's probably never been any doubt over his fantasy scoring ability with uh, an average of 86 this year. It's just kind of what he or who he is to people at this stage in his career. So he's 27, and he's always been a pretty good contributor when he plays. For sure, he's just kind of been in and out of sides, but you know, he's got his chance at uh, Gold Coast, and he's obviously a massive cog in their midfield. So I suppose my question to you is, have what, what you know. What kind of you know role can he play for different sides? You know, would you be confident? You know, if you're around the mark, would you keep him next year? Would you look to offload him to someone who's um, you know having a crack? What, yeah. what 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 do you kind of feel? I don't know if that many people having a crack would be that keen on him. And then he's probably not the type of bloke you'd go forward. That said, I think he's relatively safe for the time being. Yeah. Uh, playing for Gold Coast, they don't have that many good young midfield prospects mm. coming through, or that are going to take that next step immediately. So he's really bridging the gap for that side. I think. Yep. So they'll rely on him for the next couple of seasons, I think. So I'd hold for now because um, I don't think you're going to get a lot out of him. Uh, hold for now, but then you might be able to get something down the track, I think. Yeah, and he's 27, so he's still got you know, yeah. you know a few good years left in him for sure. Yep. So just want to monitor and see how he, he keeps tracking. Uh, Sammy Day, he scored 97, uh, which is uh, massive for him and a bit of a different role. So he had 16 touches, 7 marks, and 19 hitouts. So he could be a very interesting pickup if he does kind of play the second ruck role at uh, Gold Coast so yeah. obviously Big Jerry Wits is the big one but you know Sam Day is very athletic and pretty mobile so if he can uh, you know kind of come in and play that you know floating forward uh, second ruck roll he could be a handy little uh, waiver wire pick up if you need a, need a forward yeah, and I think Wits needs that chop out as well. So mm. that role does make it a bit interesting. Someone I'd probably never consider, but no. Uh, yeah, no, it's nice to see. Uh, you know, it's always good when they get something different under their under their belt that they can yep. do and adds a bit of scoring potential. Yeah, monitor for sure. Uh, Will Brody, he only had the sixty-eight on the weekend, but uh, definitely stick with him because he still had the twenty-four touches. He just uh, had bulk handball. Yep. So uh, after his two games, I think he's definitely best twenty-two now and has some talent and definitely some scoring now. So he should be pushing on uh, to bigger scores for the rest of the year so if he can keep getting his tackles up and get the ball on the boot instead of the hand he could be a very very good scorer for free for a few years he was another uh, mid-season pickup for, from the waiver wire in my redraft league so a lot you of people asleep at the wheel here cashing in <laughs> yeah that's all those who listened to our tips last week and yeah. get alert now uh Corey ellis he finally made his gold coast debut on the weekend he had 69 from 74 percent time on ground 
he could be a nice little pickup because uh, he's a back centre and he's only 16% owned uh, around the place. So if your season's done or you need a bit of back cover, I reckon he might just be one that you could uh, stash away because, you know, he, he did show some ability when he was at Richmond. He gets a chance now. He was, you know, finally finally got his body right. I'm just interested to see what happens with him for the rest of the year because uh, I had him pegged as, you know, one who could kind of sprout out and have a bit of fantasy uh, talent. So I'll be monitoring him very closely for the rest of the season. Yeah, definitely keep on him because I think he's got potential too. Right here on to the Sainters. Luke Dunstan, he's just continuing his solid return to the side. He scored 108. He's averaging 87 for this year and uh, really, if he can keep getting a run at it while uh, Jack Stevens out, I think uh, Dan Hannanbury's back in this week, but uh, Jack Steele Deal. is yeah. out. So, yep. you know, he should still keep getting that good run in the, in the side there. So, my only question is, is he best 22 if they ever actually have a full you know, full healthy side. Yeah, I think so. Just give him a bit of time. One thing that was interesting, you were just talking about Jack Steele, I saw uh, David Armitage came in on the weekend and I assumed he'd go back into that midfield role, just, uh, you know, still being out, but they didn't play him anywhere near it across half back and tiny patches up forward. So anyway, just uh, just something to note from there. Yeah, um, I think so Armitage's a whole plugger. Yeah, they're definitely not chucking a midfield. So they're, no. they're obviously looking to give younger players or mm. kind of lesser experienced players time in the midfield. So yep. keep your eye on the Saints at the moment because there could be some good fantasy scorers coming out of Steele's absence. Yeah. Uh, Black Acres, he just continues his roller coaster of a season. He's either very good or very bad. He had 22 touches and 79 points on the weekend, but did attend half of the Saints' centre bounces. So, uh, could be one of those ones that gets a bit more of a, an opportunity come late this year. But it's just been tough with St Kilda this year. You look at all their, their um, you know, kind of more experienced players. I think, you know, Nunes, Kent, Savage. All are up and down, um, you know, can score 41 week and 80 the next week. It's just hard to get a, a read on St Kilda just now. But, uh, you know, I think these guys might be ones that you could target for next year if they can kind of all find their spot in a side and, and work together for something next year. Yeah, there's a lot of these Saints players you could chuck in your black book, eh, for mm, the future seasons. I just hope there's something actually comes of them. That's the, the yeah. thing. It's always nice to have a black book, but you want them to deliver at one stage. And uh, Jade, Gr- Jade Gresham, he's one that's probably been in a lot of people's black books for a long time. He scored 90 out in the weekend, but I've officially written him off as a genuinely good scorer. Okay. He's just a plain Jane, boring, boring, you know, 90 scorer. So he hasn't racked up a ton this year and he's probably had his career best season. Uh, he's averaging 80, uh, but has averaged 92 in his last five. So he's trending the nice way, but I just think we've finally found out his ceiling and that is 100 marks would never go above that. So if you ever thought that Jay Gresham could be a, you know, a 120 pluser, I'm writing it off completely. Yes, he's going to be a consistent scorer and fantastic if he keeps his forward status. Even better, but uh, I just don't think he's he's got a massive ceiling. Yeah, a bit harsh, I think. As a forward, I've taken 80 average every day of the week. Yeah, but one of my strategies last year- If he keeps is, that, though. That's yeah, the big question. One of my strategies is just, just get your, your shittest player to average 80. So don't chase big scorers. Like chase reasonable scorers, yeah, but so then you don't have those you know bottom out players on your side. Jake so, Gresham loses his forward status next year, becomes yeah. a centre. What do you do? No, then he's gone. Yeah, yep, exactly. That's my point. That was my point from that whole little spiel. Hef, the mighty mighty port went down. Oh, God, I'd love to know. Actually, no, I did. One of my mates worked it out. How many uh, goalless quarters we've had under Ken Hinckley, and it is a lot. That final quarter killed I did, us. Actually, I did see it's Ken Hinckley's 150th game this weekend. Oh, Are you going to celebrate with Ken? No, definitely not. Yeah. I'm going to celebrate when he leaves the club. Can I get some of my some of our uh, Victorian and Western Australia listeners, or whoever you know, down here or over there? It seems like Ken Hinckley is just 
untouched in terms of his failure stakes. So by the end of next season, there's we've gone more times without winning a finals, more games without winning of a final than we did under Choco Primus in that era, 2007. Yet, you know, he gets on AFL 360 and Robbo has a joke with him about his ham sandwiches and Coca-Cola. So, you know, can we get some of our Victorian uh, supporters just to start, uh, you know, tweeting out, causing, causing a bit of ruckus, hashtag SatKen here and there. Do us a favour because he's getting uh, kissed on the ass over here in SA. So anyway, rant over. Let's uh, <laughs> move on to... Uh, thanks for that short <laughs> break. But yeah, we're back uh, to regularly scheduled programming now. <laughs> All right. God, I'm just sick of the guy. I want my football club to be good again. Anyway, let's move on to some Freo players. Uh, Griffin Logue, 100 points, uh, 24 disposals, 8 marks, uh, 13 intercept possessions. Um, the thing I'm, I guess, it looks good, these numbers, but mm. watching the game pretty closely, Port absolutely butchered the ball going forward. Surprise, surprise. And we didn't play a tall forward at all. We had mm. uh, we had Kane Farrell, one out in the goal square, and then we had Dougal Howard was just, I don't know, not, not sighted anywhere. So it seemed like every time we went forward, it was just a bomb, and there was usually about two or three Fremantle defenders, mostly Griffin Logue, just sitting underneath it, taking plunks. So, um, yeah, I guess monitor. The 100 points does look impressive, and he does have some good, I guess, potential there. Mm. He has had a lot of injury concerns. Yep. That, and he's that type, intercept market type that we do like. But, yeah, just don't get too carried away with Griffin Logue on this one. Yeah, well, he was number eight draft pick. Is he just one – is he too big? Like, is he – can he be pegged into that, you know, key defender kind of role? Is that – or is no. he, you know – like he does, I guess he can can play tall, and I guess they're going to need him to play a bit taller now with their injuries uh, that Freo have to key defenders. But I think when they're all fit and firing, he can play that third tall, like Alex mm. Keith type, and actually score okay. Yep. But uh, yeah, don't get too carried away. Um, there was a lot of intercept marks to be taken. Uh, on to Brandon Matera. So, 78 points, uh, three goals. He was kicking them from everywhere, and Port had real trouble locking him down. So, again, he's not going to do this every week, but just a good performance from him that I think is uh, worth mentioning. He just seems to play really well at Perth, Bram Matera. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He, uh, he's almost like a horses for courses kind of operator. So. Hometown hero. Yeah. Uh, Andrew Brayshaw, 70 points from low time on ground. He doesn't get a heap of it, uh, and again, due to that low time on ground, but he looks pretty classy. He had 93% disposal efficiency on the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, seven tackles too, and I think you can get him pretty tri- uh, cheap at the moment. I think you've just got to give him time because, you know, number two draft pick, good pedigree, uh, doesn't play a lot of time on ground, is still scoring okay. Uh, I don't know whether I'm just trying to talk myself into this. I traded for him. This, uh, this season, is fantastic because <laughs> Hef now owns Andrew. Andrew Brayshaw, who is all of a sudden the future, but, you know, is playing as shitly as uh, Jack Higgins, who has been written off. So, you know, it's, it's quite funny to watch both sides of this play out here. I'm pretty sure he'd be averaging more than Jack Higgins. Uh, anyway. Do you want to look at the stats? I do. I haven't seen Jack Higgins get a 70 for a while. I know it always seems to be 40s and 60s and things like that. So. Continue. Anyway, uh, Nathan Weiss, uh, Wilson, uh, he reverted the type on the weekend. I think he had another 40-ish score. Um, but who would have thought he'd, uh, you know, be disappointing? Nathan Wilson, that's the story of his career. So, you know, a good fortnight. But, uh, again, Nathan Wilson's back at his uh, old tricks. Hey, Hef, for the record, uh, Jack Higgins averages four points more than Andrew Brayshaw this year. Yeah, right. Okay, fair enough. I still reckon he's a better prospect. He's actually getting consistent midfield time. Just don't let the facts get in the way. And a lot story. more time on ground as well. Andrew Brayshaw. Um, I'd love to see the points per minute, actually. Uh, Dan Houston, uh, 91 points uh, going on the port now, obviously. 91 mm-hmm. points, 22 disposals. Um, he saw more midfield again at the time again, but uh, Rockliffe and Wines again were out. Wines comes back in this week. We know Rocky is now going to miss this week, mm-hmm. so still potentially a spot there for him. But we need to monitor the this week to see how this does affect his scoring because there's a fair chance he'll be back in the back line uh, after this week, and that could actually have a, have a bit of a dip from there. So see how he goes this weekend. 
again because it might be telling. But is he still the most likely to, you know, retain his spot slash keep his scores up over, uh, you know, lean at those kind of types? Oh, yeah, well? I reckon so, definitely. Yeah. But, um, yeah, just uh, going forward, it's probably not going to be this good because he's not getting as much mid- – he probably won't get as much midfield time after this week. Yeah. Uh, Xavier Dersma, 86 points, 20 on disposals. He's averaging 94 from his past three. Is he too good for the podcast case? Uh, no. No? Okay. His first year. Yeah, that's true. So we're going to keep talking about keep him every talking week. About keep him. talking keep about preaching. his 90s he gets every week. Yep. Okay. Well, I'm more than happy to do that. Yeah. I love this kid. I know. <laughs> um, Hamish Hartlett uh, made his return. 81 points from 23 disposals. He's safe as houses for that 80 average every year. He just gets it year after year. I think there's only one or two years in the last 10 or so that he hasn't averaged 80. So, mm. um, you know, if he's available, you might be able to get him cheap because he did look a little bit underdone as well. So he probably could go better than what he um, did on the weekend. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he might be valuable to someone who's chasing a flag. So there could be some trade value there behind Hamish Hartlett if he's uh, already on someone's side and you don't really need him going forward. Uh, yeah, Hamish Hartlett could be a uh, good pick up there. Uh, on to Carlton versus Western Bulldogs. Mm. Uh, did you look at this game or did I? I can't remember. You did, man. All right, cool. Uh, Charlie Kernow, that's right. Uh, 122 uh, points, seven Jeez, I goals. Love this kid. Yeah, he's really hit form over the last past, uh, past month, hasn't he? Um, would have been a good get before if you could get in before the last month because he, he was, was scoring pretty up, shit. Yeah, 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 you could have like got a little sneaky trade in there. That would have been awesome. I uh, wouldn't be surprised if he does drop off again this season at some stage, but he does play for Carlton. You've got to remember that. Correct. But uh, definitely hold. He's worth it. He's going to be worth the wait going forward. Uh, David Cunningham, 83 points, two goals and seven marks. Uh, mm. Scores haven't been consistent, but he does get a bit of midfield time and he pops up with an 80 here and there. Yep. Less midfield time in this game. Uh, it's a good thing, though, because I think he's doing enough to keep his forward status for next season. So he's definitely one to watch because he could be a sneaky forward option for next season, I think. Yeah, I've got a lot of time for him. I think he's actually one of their more polished players, uh, you know, on their periphery. So um, if he can, you know, kind of, Keep, can keep up with some good form towards the end of the year. I reckon he's going to be very, very handy to keep next year. Agree. Uh, Patrick Lipinski, 129 points, uh, 29 disposals and two goals. Massive game. Seriously. Um, he's getting a bit of midfield time as well. I think he attended three uh, centre bounces, attendances, thanks mm-hmm. to the draft doctors for that stat yeah. I saw. But I did notice him in there getting a bit of midfield time as well. And not just centre bounce attendances, you know, attending clearances around the ground, stoppages around the ground, getting clearances, that sort of thing as well. Mm-hmm. Get on board this kid. Yep. Uh, I think he's going to be a gun. I am all over him. He also has very nice hair too. Yeah, I was going to say, he's a good looking dude. Way yeah. better than uh, Jack Bowes. Yeah. I reckon you should jump on this guy. I'd, I'd uh, actually prefer I, it. I like this guy more. Actually, <laughs> I, I called it before you did, so oh, did he's my guy. No, yep. you can have him, but I'm yeah, just saying, can sweet. we stop talking about Jack Bowes and start talking about Patrick Lipinski? Well, he's not playing for the rest of the year, so yeah, I'm, I'm a Lipinski man. <laughs> sweet, no more Bowes. Uh, Sam Lloyd, uh, 84 points, 16 disposals and three goals. Um, 88 from his past three as well. Just been a handy forward this season yeah. and uh, the switch to Western Bulldogs has been good for him. It's so crazy that he's actually been so consistent. You know, I didn't actually realise until I looked at his yeah. stats for the season. Yeah. yeah. Goes under the radar a bit. It does. Uh, Will Setterfield, he wasn't awful for a change. Uh, he had 74 points. Seemed to be spending a little bit more midfield time uh, as well so just monitor this I reckon that's if he's going to be any decent he's going to have to play midfield for Carlton it sounds silly but it's a bit competitive for midfield spots out of all their young players they've got going through there but uh, I don't know he's got to play in that midfield to be any decent I think what do you think Case? Agreed it's it's just tough with where they're at you know and you kind of hope that someone like him could be you know I think it was him and Perryman were basically the same year and you know Setterfield's gone to Carlton and Perryman's playing pretty consistent footy at JWS and playing well so um yeah, it would just be – you need something – you need him to show something, otherwise it gets a bit concerning, I think. Yep. Uh, North versus GWS, the final game of the week. 
Man, North were very, very, very bad at scoring fantasy points. The only <laughs> guy I've really got to talk about is Jed Anderson. He top scored with 97. Uh, he's been pretty solid this year with an 82. But if he retains his mid-only status uh, next year, Hef, what kind of – is he just a drop to the waiver kind of operator? Um, I don't know. I, I've got a lot of time for him. Um, I don't know how much time I've actually got for him, though. But I'd be probably keeping just maybe if – I don't know, a few of those North midfielders can step up or they mm. can actually recruit a big name like a, I don't even know who's available now, um, someone they've had their eye on, but I can't Canelio, remember. Canelio, he's Yeah, Canelio, that's right. Yeah. I was going to say Kelly, but he re-signed. Um, so if they can get a Canelio, it might take a bit of heat off and then, you know, might actually, con- you know, lead to him scoring better. So, um, yeah, that could be uh, that could be something. So I reckon mm. it's probably worth it, but, you know, you don't have to pick your keepers now, thankfully. No. So just see what happens with North Melbourne Correct. rest of the year. But really, from them, that's it. Uh, they are ridiculously disappointing in fantasy. Uh, Froggy DeMont is their best scorer and he's averaging 92.4. So uh, I think even someone at Richmond's scoring more than that. So that's how bad they're going. Wow. And from all Dusty of it, Martin would. yeah, Taron Thomas is, is the only one I've kind of interested in because he looks like he's going to be a great footballer, but I'm just not sure if he's got that fantasy game. So yeah. um, he, yeah, he's the only one I kind of have my eye on for the rest of the year. Zerhar's another one who we have pegged as his younger, younger operator. They've just got no genuine stuff. Like no. it's, I don't know if it's actually that disappointing or yeah. where you actually expect them to be. Yep. You know, you've got um, Demont and Anderson as your best midfielders, mm. really. Polek, I guess, in there yeah. too. But he's kind of just doing what he's always done. But genuinely, from a fantasy point of view, everyone in there just is like a mid mid road plotter yeah. in terms of. I fantasy guess it's evil as well. Obviously, he's been scoring really well, but he had a, he had a quite just, a game. It just goes yeah. depends on where they play him, and yeah. Yeah, it's a bit of a, a Higgins is pretty much moment. gone. Yeah, like he's at the end of his career, so yeah. Sad times. Uh, for the GWS, your boy, Zachy Williams, he's building it nicely into the season. Totally <laughs> worth that number two, round two pick. Yeah, not sure about that, but uh, <laughs> with his third ton. <laughs> Who's sitting top of that league again? Uh, haven't even checked, but uh. Uh, no preseason <laughs> for him. So, it's obviously taken that time to, to get into that uh, scoring pedigree, but he's obviously got talent. So, if he did stick through the tough times, good on you. Um, and I think, you know, next year, uh, going to be definitely in his mid-20s and probably ready to take that next step as a, as a good running halfbacker. Yep, so totally worth a uh, round two pick. Wrong. <laughs> Harry Perryman. Uh, talked about him before. Absolutely love this kid. He's just coasting at the moment at uh, GWS. He's uh, scoring a 75, but he's averaged nine, 89 Sorry, from his last five games. So if he can keep his back status, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, he could be one of the pickups of the year next year. I think he will keep it too. That midfield is just too stacked. Um, I'm yeah. glad he had a quite a game this week because uh, if he got too good for this podcast I'd be genuinely upset if we couldn't talk about him every week so. oh yeah and if and look if anyone is you know already planning head for next year and you know starting up a new keeper league or whatever he'd be one I'd be looking at very early on mm-hmm. um, with back status for sure uh, Jake Stein he had 59 points uh, in his debut game he only had the 9 touches but had 8 tackles obviously we love that heat tackling uh, points are very very good but I'm just not sure about his reliability uh, come post by they get a few more guys back um, and all that. So, just one to monitor. But he did score the same amount of points as Heath Shaw, who was apparently back too. So, you know, he's better than Heath Shaw. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. That is the end of the round rewind. And we'll move on to From the Twos. Okay, moving on to From the Twos, the segment where we look at all the State League fantasy scores, the top five from each competition. Uh, kind of handy to know just so you can see how our players are 
game in the in the seconds might translate to that AFL scoring mm. or to see if any blokes are coming back from injury or looking like getting a call up anytime soon. So, Kay is onto the sandful. Let's have a look at this one. Uh, yeah, Ollie Wines, 132 from him on the weekend. Uh, he was dominant. Uh, playing Norwood there, so he will be back this week. We don't have to talk about him anymore. Uh, Riley Knight, he scored 130, should be knocking on the door of a Crows spot as well. He's been around the mark there. Bryce Gibbs, 122 from him. Who knows what's going on there? Sauce Jacobs, 118, definitely not going to play with the Rob in form and Tyson Stengel uh, had 115 points there uh, probably tough to crack into the Crows side at the moment in that um, small forward role well I forgot that bloke even played for the Crows yet, uh, now and uh, he's only averaging 78 this season in the Sandful so yeah unless one of the the small forwards goes down Lockie Murphy did go out uh, this week though they do mm, have a bye yeah. so I guess we'll have to wait and see on that one but surely they've got someone they could bring him ahead of him mm. uh, VFL uh, Shy Bolton had 121 he's top score for the uh, the competition for the week mm. uh, Mark Pitney. Uh, at Hawthorne there, uh, Box Hill, 120 points. Hartley, uh, not Hurley, Hartley. I always get those guys mixed up, but uh, he had 120. One's good, one's not as good. <laughs> yeah, one's going right in the sample, though, in the VFL, though. Uh, Jacob Townsend, 117 there for uh, Richmond. And uh, David Myers had 117 there as well. Just uh, outside of the top five, the next best scorer was Will Snelling, mm. um, a player that was picked up in the mid-season draft. And he's averaging 111 now at VFL level, so... Be ready to go with your with your waiver pickup if yep. he does get picked up because he looks like he can score. Especially with the package uh, yeah, engine, he could thinking. be a, a swan that could go into that role. Yep. Uh, the Nefal, Michael Riscatelli had 140. He's averaging 107 in the Nefal. Not a bad clip. Uh, Zach Langdon, 133. Brad Shear, 131. Has some scoring ability. He might be one to monitor for the rest of the Nefal season. Yeah. Uh, Jacob Dawson, 122. Uh, Nick Shipley, 107. So some big scores as usual in the Nefal. On to the waffle, uh, Bailey Banfield had 129. Ryan Nyhouse uh, had 119. Tobe Watson, not Joe Watson, but Tobe Watson had 118. Lockie Schultz, 102. And Travis Collier had 102. So, West Coast had the bye. So, uh, all three o players there. But you don't usually see that many uh, hundreds in the uh, in the waffles. No. So they must see. have beat up. Bailey Banfield must be close to a, a spot, but Harley Bennell, he ripped it up as well. Yeah, a good, an actual football game and not a fantasy game, but mm. he must be close as well. I'd love to see that guy back in the AFL. It would be amazing. Um, yeah, Bailey Banfield is scoring well, but... Uh, I don't know how well, how much of an effect you'll have on uh, AFL in terms of fantasy scoring. All right, let's move on to the captain's call. All right, on to the captain's call. Uh, we'll look at a few players that might not be the top of your uh, ruck selections, but have some good uh, scoring history against their opponent or at their ground or just in some decent form that we think uh, might be a good captain option. So coming back to play uh, this week after having a bye is Geelong. So Mitch Duncan, he's just having a huge season, uh, averaging 112, 113 from his last uh, three and then 117 from his last five. So we reckon he'll go pretty big this week uh, against Port Adelaide. So, uh, yeah, keep your eye on him and don't be scared to put the C on him. Uh, Josh Dunkley as well after last week, you've got to, he's got to come into contention. Just uh, interestingly, he averages 97 against Collingwood as well. So another decent one to put on. Jacko McRae, I think uh, now with Libertore out a bit here, uh, I reckon he will score okay from now on. He's a Marvel Stadium specialist. Uh, yes, he loves it there, 102. But he also averages 114 against Collingwood. So nothing to be sneezed at there. 
Clayton Oliver averages 120 against Fremantle. Uh, also scores reasonably well. The MCG averaging 93 there, so could be a decent scorer. Uh, Dyson Heppel um, also has good uh, history at Optus Stadium uh, from his one or two games there last season, but he had 103 there. He also averages 96 against West Coast, so not too bad. I had Rockliffe on the list, but uh, he's Come not playing, on. so put a line through that one. Elliot Yo is another um, good player. He seems to score really well at home. Averages 106 at Optus Stadium, so don't be afraid to put the C on him. Uh, he's loving his tackles at the moment as well, so he should get a few plus fours there and uh, boost your fantasy score up. All right, if you're uh, interested in seeing uh, these numbers in more detail, these all come from our Patreon subscribers group. So each week we post every AFL-listed state league score, and we also um, have a weekly projections uh, um, spreadsheet going on here where we project the score of every player who's playing on the weekend in the AFL. And all these projections go on our scoring history, so scores versus opponent at the venue, uh, what their last three scores are, their last five scores, all that sort of stuff, all the good stuff. Um, we've also got uh, a few other bits and pieces like uh, tomorrow night I'm going to be bringing back the uh, breakout tracker. So the mid-season breakout tracker will be coming, well, I'm saying tomorrow night, Tuesday, so Wednesday night, the day this podcast airs, uh, Wednesday night it'll be coming out. Now, if you were a Patreon subscriber earlier in the year, there are some people that have dropped off. We still have a fairly loyal uh, crew going on. We thank good people on for you. that. Yes. But uh, if you saw it earlier in the season, so what it allowed you to do was select a player and compare them to any other player or the top players of that position at the same point in their careers. So, for example, I put up a picture today, Kays. Mm-hmm. I had Tim English, yep. had him compared to Brody Grundy at the yep. same point in his career. And after Tim English's uh, total games for his career so far, he's actually averaging more than uh, Brody Grundy is right now and way ahead of the top 10 rucks in the competitions at the same point in their, in their careers. So, after I think it's uh, a handful of games, what about 20 or so mm-hmm. games? So, at the same point, averaging more. What I've done differently, though, uh, this year is I've added like a data view. So, instead of having to dig through the graph and uh, try to pick the players and try to just see where players compare to each other, I basically told you flat out who the players who are who are scoring ahead of the top 50 fantasy scorers in the competition. So, I'll give one away because it's probably no surprise, but Jackson Haightley, for example, after two games, is averaging about 26 points more than uh, any other player that was, um, you know, after two games in terms of their top 50 average. So, um, yeah, that's just one of the things that are there. And so you can actually, instead of having to dig through the graph, you can actually just see a list of players there that are averaging well ahead of other players at the same point in their career. Which is very nice, but the graph makes it feel really good because you can see it. Oh, it looks nice. Yeah. yeah. For people who can't read. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. but I just had a look. I think uh, Tim English, after 19 or 20 games, which he's played now, he's averaging 10 more points than Brody Grundy did at the same point in his yep. career yep. and 20 more points than the best 10 ruckmen at the So he's going to be the new career. ruck pig, is that what you're saying? He is 100. He's going to be <laughs> in like five. Five years time, no one will even know who Brody Grundy is. It'll just be Tim English everything. All right, we're going to cut K's off there because we'll talk about Tim English for the next hour. Uh, let's move on to the listener tweets. Okay, on to our favourite segment of the podcast, the listener tweets, where you, our loyal listeners, tweet in and pick our brains and we pretend to know what we're talking about. All right, uh, first tweet this week comes from at 
TWR412. Uh, when Taylor Adams is back and firing, what should you target in a trade to move him? Already owns Trelaw and Phillips. What should he be targeting, Case? Well, it's good because if you have all three of them, you're going to get at least one good score out of three of them. So They probably eat into each other, Case. That's no, what he's no, getting at. I know, I know. <laughs> um, look, uh, look, Taylor Adams obviously has a hell of a lot of value because uh, he's just he can, he can obviously go very big and he's very consistent too. So if you do want to spread the load and not go too heavy on one particular club, I think you've almost got to go like for like. It, you know, obviously it depends on where your, your strengths and weaknesses lie on your side. But, you know, I don't think you'd – want to be giving up you know anything much less than 100 average at all for a mid or you know yeah. a high 90 reliable 90 or a half decent ruckman it's it's hard to see without knowing you know ins and outs of your legs but you don't want to i think taylor adams is, is a gun and if you had him you'd be stoked so yeah don't don't give him away for nothing just because you've got two other good collingwood players if this is our league you try to do a sideways trade with taylor adams they probably yeah. sent something's up like you're on the back foot because you've got two other collingwood players and it's affecting your scoring or whatever they're just going to try to fuck you over straight away mm. that's our league no one trades fairly or no one trades unless they can get like absolutely fuck someone over so i think getting someone for a like for like might actually be pretty hard so what you might want to do and this is a big if i probably wouldn't do it myself but if you could guarantee yourself someone like sam walsh or a, a gun scorer for the future but i still don't see anyone who's going to be trading away sam walsh or anything like that mm. so maybe like a warpedo i know we don't mention him on this podcast anymore i just but hope you're in a nicer leg than ours where you can actually trade sideways yeah. without any you know issue because sometimes you just get sick of your players or you know you yeah. understand that you don't want to have too many or from you just one fall team. in love with a player all of a sudden you know someone's just taking your fancy yeah, and some people in our league, you know, have every single Richmond player. You know, it must get yeah, boring. Because, and poor yeah. <laughs> no surprises who that is, listeners. But, I don't have that man anymore. But uh, look, don't, don't, don't sell him for cheap. Um, hold if you aren't getting a good enough uh, offer. That's my advice. All right. Henry Katz uh, asks, 24 and 23 touches for Hanabry in his last two VFL games. Do you have his time on ground data, particularly with Steel Out? He could be a solid performer for the final uh, mid-space this year. Now, unfortunately, VFL do not put out their time mm. on ground numbers. I don't know with Hanabry. Yes, with Steel Out, there is a hole there and someone that needs to come in to fill it. But I just do not trust him from his last season at Sydney. What do you think, Case? Uh, no, nah, fresh start. You've got to give him a crack. Yeah. Um, there's, he was obviously had some issues at Sydney last year, form and injury and all that kind of thing. Hopefully, coming back fresh, he's had two VFL games, should be ready to go you probably want more than 23 and 24 touches but yes that could only be playing you know three quarters of a game so benefit of the doubt there i think you know if he's around you, you got to play him especially if um uh you know he's on a waiver wire or something like that you, you can't you can't neglect you know many many years of good scoring just from one last bad year so yeah um i'd be keen to to get involved with him obviously there's a high amount of risk involved you know his injury form must have been great um but, you know, look, he, he could end up being a real surprise packet and, and start dominating because, yes, he's going to walk straight into Jack Steele's spot and, and should be scoring. All right, let's move on to the next tweet. Uh, at time underscore Miller, how does old mate Griff the Biff Logue go as a keeper? So what do you think, Case? Well, you were the one who watched him intently as his side demolished yours. But, uh, look, my question is, is, is he going to get sucked into that um, you know, key position is kind of role. So, you know, in a full strength Fremantle side and he's playing, I think he definitely has some, he has some, um, fantasy potential whether it's a keeper obviously depends on your league as well. But, uh, you know, with that, with his kind of ability, you know, as he did have that good game, it, I think it would be a risky proposition to hold, a 
a player like him in, in a, you know, if you were going to keep him 12 or 16. Yeah, it depends how deep your keepers are, I guess. But uh, I'll just reiterate what I said earlier. The, the game on the weekend really suited him. Uh, not a lot of uh, precision ball going in the Port's forward line. He was able to just kind of jump in the hole and take a heap of grabs. Really suited his intercept marking style of play. So, yeah, um, look, he's got every chance of being a decent scorer, but just a bit too early to uh, call it now, I think. Yeah. Uh, at Trav014, with Hammer back in for Port, is this going to hurt Dan Houston's scoring output and Lenat's spot? So you kind of touched on it earlier, Hef. Yeah. Um, short term, I think Houston should be fine. Rocky's out again. And uh, look, I still think they'll probably give him a little bit of a run through that midfield from time to time. As soon as someone goes down, he's the next guy in there. But uh, it's more likely to hurt Leonard, I think. And we saw this on the weekend that, uh, yeah, Hartlett coming back, uh, he averaged his 80 or got his 80 that he usually does. And Leonard kind of fell in a hole. So Port seemed to have a lot of uh, halfback flanker types as well. So it um, should be interesting to see how he goes. But I think Leonard's more likely the one to be hurt. Yep, I agree. Um, next question is from Dan K101. What are your thoughts on Hunter Clark, LDU, and Andrew Brayshaw? I've got all three on my bench as long-term stashes. We have 5715 League, and coaches can retain all their players. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I don't mind keeping all three of those because I reckon there is potential there. Brayshaw, I've spoken about my love for Brayshaw, so that's fine. Clark, I haven't seen enough of yet, and LDU isn't lighting the world on fire, but... But, um, look, I'd be happy to give another year if you've got a spot to keep uh, on your list. What do you think, Case? Yeah, I obviously, Brayshaw has that, that pedigree and potential and showed a lot last year. I'm happy to give him the benefit of the doubt from second-year Blues. Hunter Clark's an interesting one. I kind of had him pegged as one who could be the, the breakout player this year. Hasn't eventuated. He's been playing well in the VFL, but uh, is a bit yo-yoing in and out of the VFL side and AFL side. And, and when he's getting his chance in uh, the AFL side, he's not necessarily taking it with both hands so a bit of a worry there but uh, if they're both on your bench and you can and there's no real rush to have to you know offload one or, or this or the other I'd be happy to to watch Clark play the rest of the year I'm not necessarily sold on LDU I yeah, think he had that he had me, that yeah. hype um, the salary cap hype because he was going to play blah 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 you look yes yes he's had some uh, okay games this year yes uh, for sure but uh, he's the one to worry about, especially in a in a side like North Melbourne where they don't score that much anyway so correct um, look you're in that nice position where you've got three potential, you know, future guns um, and you get the whole rest of this season to look at them, uh, reassess at the end of the year. But, um, yeah, probably Brayshaw, Clark, and then LDU would be my order. So, uh, last question is from at Chodo5. Dooman or S. Hill? Uh, Dooman for me. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. Uh, he's the right age. He's averaging, you know, 76 in his last three. He had a bit of a dud game on the weekend, but uh, Stephen Hill had worse. Yeah. And when you look at Stevie Hill, like his last, he's 29 now, so we'll be going into his 30s next year. His last two years... He's only played 31 games and averaged 73 and 78, you know. So, he's probably no, he's on, the, on the back end of the curve. His brother is the, the better player there now. Um, so, you know, that's that's where I'm going. And I think Jaman's got some genuine uh, fantasy hype coming in to a next year. And just the late one in uh, from at Danos88, would you trade Lipinski for Boak? Uh, Danos is a part of our league. and I think he wants Travis Boak off me. Uh, no, Danos, I would not do that. Not right now. Maybe maybe later on. I'd accept that. You're shit, Hef. You should tra- get in Lipinski. He's the new- He's played, what, four games this season? He's the new Nat Fife. Uh, I want to see a little bit more before I give up the uh, best forward in the competition. Oh, 
Nice. All right. Uh, that wraps up the podcast for this, this week. Oh, wait a second. We have an iTunes review case. Hey, nice. All right. I'll read this one out this yeah, week. Go for um, it. From Alex. I uh, only started listening to AFL Fantasy Podcasts this year, and this one is by far my favorite. Uh, sorry, this one is my favourite so far, as it's the information and analysis on lesser-known players that is harder to find and more valuable. Thanks to you guys, I can slack off on my research and we'll pick up the odd gem off the waiver wire. Keep up the good work. Well, that's what we're here to do, Case. Bloody oath. We do the heavy lifting and you guys just win flags. Well, All right. Not us this year, but, you know, hopefully the listeners have. I won one before, Case, though. I won one last year, remember? I think I'm going to be like, <laughs> uh, like maybe free man or just never win one. Yeah, you might be, actually, but that's okay. Everyone needs a, everyone needs a team to rag on all the time yeah. the joke of the league alright uh, let's wrap it up so hit us up on our socials at Keeper League Pod on Facebook and Twitter hit up our Patreon page patreon.com slash Keeper League Pod again we've got the stately scores we have the projections and the mid-season breakout tracker coming up tomorrow or tonight sorry when this comes out uh, also hit up our website www.keeperleaguepod.com.au all our um, Patreon stuff mirrored on that site and uh, yeah, it helps us get up the uh, Google rankings as well if you hit it up. Also, iTunes reviews, five stars, uh, please, if you've uh, got the time. Uh, again, helps mm-hmm. us grow the podcast and boost our profile. All right, anything more from you, Case? Love it. Nah, let's the, just have a great weekend, everyone. Enjoy the last week of the bye. Oh, I can't wait It's to really back in to the nitty and gritty of all the season next year. It's exciting. That's it. And we're past the halfway point too, Case, so mm. on the back end. All right, thanks, listeners, and we'll talk to you next week. Catch ya.